Thank you for listening to the Bible preaching ministry of Dr. Tim Pollock at the Home Church of Lodi, California. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. Our prayer is that this message from God's Word will renew your heart and mind today. What a joy to be together again in the house of the Lord. What an incredible privilege it is to have all the wonderful blessings this week. Uh, just a full service of three times. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people here. So many decisions for Jesus so grateful. Just uh, amazing. Praising the Lord. Just uh, amazing, amazing news. I also want to say personal thank you all of you for prayers and your support. You did not do it. Last Sunday, after a glorious, another glorious you know, for the last Couple of months, months at least, we have been just putting out thousands of messages with the media and every other place we possibly can. Many hundreds of hours of prayer, especially last Sunday, we just literally bombarded heaven with prayer. That very night, last Sunday night, after service, we had a terrorist attack here on the building, right in the middle of the night. Perpetrator came into the building. This fire sprayed all over this office, over the lobby area. His uh, intent was to silence the proclaiming of the truth. He left uh, anti-Christian words, wrong things here and there, and uh, Bible hating. Satan glorifying words that he left everywhere. But praise God, within 24 hours, thank the Lord for all the great church people who did host the business we had in town, got together. They, within 24 hours, all cleaned up, we were ready for services. And uh, we, what a big week. <laughs> and, and, and thank the Lord, the perpetrator was caught and put in custody by the Tennessee County Church. Praise the Lord. And the church rolls on, and we're certainly praying for that uh, man that he will see Christ. But I remind us again that uh, the devil hates the preaching of the gospel. He hates the Bible. I know I make fun of it, but I will tell you, we say what we say about here. We we are thankful this morning that God is a prayer answering God. That's what we're going to talk about in our sermon on the mountain. This is the 16th. I'm not sure how many. A good number of Pray to God alone as your Father. The great 19th century evangelist, right Moody, said this. Movement of God can be traced to a kneeling. Prayer changes. Prayer changes our circumstances. It is the secret weapon that 
God made available to His followers. Nobody else gets the credit. Jesus told His disciples, human beings just like us, that they could pray, and that they should pray, and that they should pray like He prayed. We talk about the Lord's Prayer. It's really the Lord saying, this is how you can pray. What is prayer? Really, the basic there would be talking to God. Prayer is not thinking about God, although that's a good thing to do. Prayer is not just passive reflection, although there's nothing wrong with passive reflection on God. Prayer is the direct communication of the human soul with the very God who created that soul. Prayer is the primary way for a believer in Christ to communicate to his life about everything. Sharing his desires, fellowshipping with God. Prayer can be audible, it can be silent, it can be private, it can be public, it can be formal or it can be informal. But the greatest moment, that's what I would like to suppose this morning, the greatest moment about prayer is when we make God our Father in prayer. Seeing God as our Father Here's the Sermon on the Mount. Christ directs us to do better in prayer. He said, look, I'm just, just walking around, blowing the trumpet, and having all the different prayer garb just to show that we're somehow praying to God. He said, that's not, not prayer. That's a show. He said, when we pray, we need to pray seeing God as a father. The question we might ask ourselves is, well, how can we learn How do we say that? Well, thank the Lord, as Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, we need help. Likewise, the Spirit, thank the Holy Spirit, helps our infirmity. Thank the Lord for that. For we know not what we should pray for as we are. I've known Christians who live for many years. Some may be over 90 years old. Yet they would be the first to admit that their prayer life really, all those years, even as much as they've learned, it is the fact is they need help in learning to After this then, Jesus said, I want you to pray. And so, the Lord's Prayer, in the answer to Romans chapter 8, He helps us to learn to pray. Thank the Lord, the Holy Spirit will teach us. Well, the bottom line of prayer, you're going to look at today, the fact that God well, it's a wonderful day to be here in the house of the Lord. Yes, I must admit it's so beautiful. You probably heard of the preacher who decided to skip church. Spring morning to play a round of golf. He went out and played a round of golf. He just got tired of every skipping out of church. He thought, why not me? Why don't I ever get so he called in six on Saturday evening. He said, you're going to have to find someone to fill in for me tomorrow. So the next morning, he put on, he car. He headed for a remote golf course more than a half hour away. He took it to but he was done with it. Time he arrived, his friend was up, away from yesterday. Paid his green fees, went along the first key. Got up there. All the time, the angel was walking away with him. And he Asked God, he said, What are you going to do with this busy pastor over there? God said, You just watch. 
angels think of how it was in the tree, which is a bolt of light and something. But no bolt of light, no rain, just a perfect shot. In fact, it was a hole in one. The angel couldn't believe it. He said, What? Why in the world would you let him get a hole in one? I thought you were going to punish this hypocrite. God said, I am. Who is the devil going to tell? Yep. Well, I'm here to tell you about God. Our God is a Father God, and He wants to be the one in your Well, let's offer a word of prayer, and we can hopefully tell others about this. Lord, today, we love you. Thank you for the fact that you care for us. The Lord is no longer. things belong to us. This is the people who have hearts to hope to rejoice in so thrilled and yet more God, today I stand before these precious these people with the promise that you are a father to us, and that we'll communicate that to you. The Lord's Prayer, found both in Matthew and Luke, is the world's greatest. It is deep. It is powerful. So, I plan to take three weeks to discuss it. Now, being the next Sunday is Easter, we're going to have a little bit of a speech in the message. So, we're going to talk about it today. And the Lord willing, after Easter, we'll take a little bit of a speech. The Lord's Prayer, as it's commonly called, is really the science of prayer. Look at verse 9 in Luke, as he chapter 6, verse 9. After this man, therefore, pray ye. And so you pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Practice of prayer had become so corrupted, so unbiblical. Jesus said, as he had said so often in the Sermon on the Mount, we need to get back to the Bible. Look what it says in verse 9. After this man, he wasn't saying this is some new way of prayer. He was saying, we need to get back to the blessed word of God. In that glorious 119 song, which is basically an entire book or chapter, the brightest of all the stars, I think, of all the songs. Look what it says in verse 160. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments Oh, the Word of God endures forever. Everything we need to know about God, everything doctrine we need to know, especially in the Old Testament, nothing new in the uh, New Testament, it's reconfirmed. Absolutely ever endures. Ever since God revealed Himself to humanity, He told us how that we can pray. A hundred percent of what God has said is completely trusted. Those who need to have something brand new or groundbreaking or some up-to-date spiritual truth, my friend, when you hear some cleric using words like that, you go to We don't need anything new. We just need to take the blessed Word of God and get a new, fresh insight into the 20th century prolific gospel composer, hymn writer, Haldor Lillard, said, Give me the dear old Bible as my God. Be it my help and comfort on my children's way. 
to tell the gates of glory at last Tuesday. Your old Bible is good enough. Good enough for me. Good enough for me. The dear old Bible is good enough for me. Give me the dear old Bible. I teach you to reference the words of promise. Old yet every phrase of love of God. I claim the dear old Bible. So Jesus starts this message here in verse number nine, saying, "After this man, after this man, you ought to pray." He clearly was drawing them back to the wonderful old After this man, the singing came to David in Psalm 19, that's the beautiful phrase. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, I pray, be acceptable. In thy sight, O Lord. I believe it. And Jesus said, Pray after this man. He was saying, Pray like David prayed. Dance in the Lord like David did. May your words be wise. May your heart be holy as you appeal to your covenant God. Notice, he says, It's my Lord, I'm a covenant God. That great Old Testament prophet, that lamenting prophet, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12, he gave clarity on the matter of prayer. He said, Then shall you call upon me. Really call. Not just a bunch of little words or platitudes or little phrases you've heard. No. Truly ask me. And you shall go and pray to me. And I will hearken to you. The Jewish mindset at the time of Christ was like, Oh, we can't talk to we can't talk to him like Father, but Jesus said, that's always been the plan. There's nothing new here. And Jesus was right. We need to get back to the Bible way of That's what God intended in this And there are two characteristics of the Lord's Prayer that I would like to point out. First of all, it is something absolutely amazing how all and comprehensive it is. In this one prayer, by the way, you should know that it's really a simple It's kind of given in an outline form. It's not especially meant to be that three words that you say each time. But it covers the entire gamut of how to connect with God and in a way that He would do it. Someone once asked the banker how he trained his staff to recognize kind of the Jesus financier replied this way. He said, It's simple. I have them handle the real thing all day long. And when counterfeit notes come by their hands, they know what you Friend, when we pray earnestly and consistently and genuinely, we'll know when it's not real for sure. God wants us to conform to the real kind of prayer. It is comprehensive. Number one, number two, it is concerning. The Lord's Prayer is incredibly specific. Unbelievable stuff. It is Amazing how much he put into so little. It is meant as a, a way and outline to pray. It's not meant for us to just somehow just repeat the words in those minutes. Now let's read the entire Lord's Prayer. Finish really with the Amen, although Jesus put the PS prayer. We'll just uh, finish with verse number 13, so we'll read verses 9 to 13. Let's read it out loud together, all right? I think it's good to read out loud the Word of God. It's just really refreshing to you. All right, ready to begin. After this matter, therefore, pray ye, 
Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory for Now, this is an extremely powerful, full passage. So we want to give it enough time to at least bring out so many different passages. So today I'm going to preach on self verse number 9, and not even the entire verse. The entire message is to be based on verse number 9, although we need to all over. But uh, I must admit, so much is looking forward to sharing this yesterday. God and man. The man Christ Jesus. 
then there is absolutely nobody but Jesus who can mediate for us. We see this not only biblically true, but frankly, just by thinking too, it's logically true. How and why would I pray to a man human when I could pray to Jesus who is God in the flesh? But I want to settle for a human when I can have Jesus. So, certainly, we're not to pray to the departed saints of the two. We're not to pray to any divine being. Ultimately, prayer is an act of worship. As such, only God is worthy of us. I wouldn't pray to somebody who I was A view of the biblical record from Genesis all the way to Revelation, any angel who was a recipient of the worship of any human in every case Revelation chapter 19, John the Beloved, who's been given that amazing vision that his fellow believers and he himself are going to be able to go to the great place that the land. He said they could not contain himself. Then he fell at the ground and he worshipped. In the verse 10 of Revelation 19, I fell at his feet to worship him. Then he said to me, See thou to it not. I am thy fellow. He was not going to have any of that. No, sir. I am, a, I am an angel and I am a messenger of God, but you are not supposed to. You should pray to God Himself. Through Jesus Christ, He gave us a wonderful pattern. If Jesus wanted us to pray to angels, this would have been a perfect time. So nobody needs to pray to the departed saints. Nobody needs to pray to Gabriel or any of the any of the other angels from the internet adverb from gaya.com says this. It's a false benefit, but here's what they say. Quote, you have a celestial king of angels waiting to help you create your best life. Discover who the archangels are and wait for the angels to be Oh, that is nothing but garbage. There is no created being, however strong, who can match the omnipotence, the omniscience, and the omnipresence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, that's not to say that angels aren't wonderful. That they are. They are personal assistants to the Trinity. That is Dr. Robert Jefferson said in our Wednesday night class, he said, they're God's tribulation. They have a ministry to the world, to God's people. But to pray to them, that would be a step down. Why do it? When I can pray to Jesus. Who should we pray? Not only. Number two, how should we address that? Father? Does it really matter what we call God? Is Jesus being technical here? It's really whatever you want to call it. Okay. Yes, uh, it does matter to God. Verse number nine, after this manner, pray, our Father with us. Over the years, I've met several people who say something like this. Well, it's really not important who you pray to, as long as you simply pray to God. And it's all about your innocence, not exactly what you call it. But as a matter of fact, God does take his name very seriously. He's a big kid, you know. God, one of the main commandments that God brings out is, don't take my name to That means that's a whole lot more than just thank God's curse. 
God desires to be greatly I've had a Christian form, several Christian forms, questions over you tell me, Allah is the same God. My friend never believed it. That is a lie. Allah is not the same Let me give you a, a proof of that. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 8, that amazing piece of doctrine book from Hebrews. So verse number 8, chapter 1, is speaking about Jesus, who is the Son of God. But unto the Son, he said, Thy throne, O God. What? Stop. You're calling Jesus God and have a throne in heaven forever and ever. Here, Jesus is called the Son of God. Folks, Allah has no son. Who will say that? Allah is not God. It's clear, as Paul declares, only Jesus is Lord. Chapter 10, verse 9. In order to get to heaven, you have to confess with your mouth, which is a reflection of your heart, as it says earlier. You need to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, which means master. Jesus is Lord. Allah is not master. Allah is not Lord. So, Jesus is Lord. Some Muslim friend of yours tries to tell you Allah is God, just remember, uh-huh, he's not God. No way possible he could be God because the Bible is clear. God has a Now, this is a horrible illustration. But if we're going to, if we're going to proclaim Jesus as Lord, I think this might give you something to think about. If you've been terrorized by your brother, you'll think about it. I was a little guy. My mean older brother, my only brother, he used to pin me down on the ground. His knees were my shoulder. Then he would hang his face over me, big old loogie, he used to call him, big old saliva dripping out of his mouth. He would see how far he could drip it down and then suck it back up. Well, trust me, he didn't always uh, suck it back up. But he would require of me to say, I'm the boss. Tell me, I'm the boss. I couldn't move. I said, you're the boss. You're the boss. You're my Lord. I hated to say it. And I didn't really mean it. <laughs> but it was either that or get a nasty hawker in my mouth. I will tell you, it was terrible. You're Lord. That's how some people proclaim Jesus. But I am happy to announce to you that all these years later, I'm able to be the instrument of God. I take my aging brother's name from him. <laughs> I get things and get it out of his reach so he can't get a hold of them. Of course, you understand, I only do this in Christian love. He can understand the Bible. That's all I do it for. Praise the Lord. I am only too happy to acknowledge Jesus is Lord. Don't lose me. <laughs> no, He is Lord. I proclaim Him as Lord. He is our only Lord. Verse number nine. After this manner, therefore, pray ye out. Father. Some people are surprised that we can call God by such an intimate No, that's actually what God asked us to do. He said, I want you to see me as your father. First of all, as our common father. As our common father, notice the phrase, our father. Not just, he didn't say, my father, he said, our father. He is a common father. Now, in one sense, it's crazy to think that. 
every human living is, in one sense, God is their father. Like the old folklore ballad, I got food, you got food. All God's given got food. And that's kind of the sense there, that God is a common father. He gives food to everybody. And that's true in one sense. How is that possible? Well, the great prophet Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, said it. Malachi chapter 2, verse number 10. Have we not all one father? Have not one God created us all? And so really, the common fatherhood of God is based on the fact that we're all created by God. And in that sense, yes, everybody is one of God's children. We have a common father. And, and I can even extend that further. Not only is everybody one of God's children, God loves all as a child. That's what it says in John 3, verse 15. God loves the entire world. There are some religious groups that don't want us to think that. that somehow God doesn't love certain people. That is a lie from the pit. I'll tell you, God loves everybody. I thank tonight. I'm thankful that that's what we're able to know. That I know a lot of people who love to be genuinely loved. And our brain, though, we don't have that thing. At least in that area, very but I will tell you, no matter who you are, when you go to bed tonight, there's a very soft pillow you can lay your head. Here's what it is. Amazing love. And as a human, we have a common fatherhood of God in the fact that He created us all. Now, not only is He our true and yet He is a special father. I think that's what. Jesus was born to Our Father. Yes, He is a common Father to anybody who is uh, alive or human. He is a special Father to some. The fourth Gospel of the New Testament, John gave us the clarity of the matter. That's what He says in John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as receive Him, you've got to receive Him. That's the responsibility. I'm not going to barge into your life without you receiving Him. So then gave he the power, that word is authority, the right. So then gave he the right to become a son of God. Nobody is born a Christian. Now, you have to be, you may have been born into a Christian, but nobody is born Christian. We are made Christian. Christianity is a given It is not an inferior It is based on the New birth, not on In fact, John clarified the matter very much in John chapter 8. In fact, so much so, this is one of those, whoo, wow, this really sets it up. Look at John chapter 8. Here, our Lord Himself divided the world into two groups not political groups, not gentlemen. He divided the world into two groups either God is your Father or the devil is your Father. That certainly gives pause to the statement who do that. Look at verse 42. Jesus said unto him, If God were your father, that's not a given. It's amazing. If God were your father, you would love him. 
obviously you don't love me, so God's not your father. Verse 44, you are of your father the devil. Woo! That's a strong preacher right there. And the lust of your father, you will do evil. Oh, that is a line in the sand kind of verse, isn't it? I mean, it comes down to this. You are either a child of God or you're a child of the Sometimes people say, how could somebody do that? By whatever moral things they may feel on the outside, they are a child of the devil. It takes this bill that loses the same side, side of the face of political things. Sometimes they get it. Sorry, this is not political, and it's By the way, if you knew how much I was trained myself, you'd be thinking that. Anyway, Immoral, wicked bill, where those Democrats and others, in full support of our government, said that it is perfectly fine to let a baby be born, and, and you can let that baby die if you want. And leave it out there on the table. Leave it wherever you want. Folks, oh, that is wicked. That is absolutely evil. I'm telling you what, folks. That kind of stuff doesn't come from a child of God. That doesn't come from a child of God. That comes from the children of the devil. It's that on the internet. Many Jewish people that were listening to Jesus on that mountainside have long since suggested the fact that they had a God who was there. That the mighty Jehovah God was also their intimate father. The priests would cut the people off from God's fatherly care. They would say, you don't understand. We do. We're very smart. We have all these writings. So, you don't understand God. You can't understand God. So call us your father. Jesus later in the gospel said, do not ever call one of those clerics your father. God is your father. They are not the ones who interpret anything to you. You need to trust God. So it was an awakening to them. When Jesus said to them, God is your father, David Lincoln Barnett, Institute of American Values, said this most urgent domestic challenge facing the United States is a recreation of the fatherhood and the as a social role. He goes on to say that the father does three basic things provides for family, protects his family, and gives the family. Here at the home church, we are here to support family. He's that, that greatest of undertaking. But I will tell you, you need to hear this. Even if no man in your life can provide that for you, you need to know that there is a holy God who is also your God. He will he will protect, and he's always there to guide for you. And that's what Jesus is saying. See him as your Father God. How should we address God as our common Father, as our special Father? And number three, as a loving Father. How do you do that? Ultimately, how we view our God is a huge, has a huge effect on the trajectory of our Christianity. Is he a grandfathering God to you? A daughtering, nice, but not all there is he a Santa Claus God? He is. Just one to give gifts as long as you're nice and Is he a concentration camp God? Just waiting for you to step out of line. He's got a fast 
Father, he's God, I'm Paul. He's some. Does he care much about you? It is, when we see God as he really is, we call him as Father. We realize that when Jesus prayed himself, as recorded in the Gospel, 70 times he called him Father. That gets the most he called him of any other person. There's only one time that Jesus ever saw God and called him other than Father. That was when he was on the cross. And he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Only in sin bearing was he separated from his Father, and only in sin bearing was he not able to kill the call of his Father. See, my friends, our because what Jesus did when he took our sin, he has been our sins were placed on him. He allowed us to be what he called God. Now, there are three ways that he reveals himself as a loving father. Number one, he understands our weakness. He understands our weakness. In Psalm 103, King David certainly was gracious for God's gracious care. Psalm 103, verse 13, he said to the father, Pity his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. He knows our friends and remembers their feelings. Have you ever been around somebody who felt like that if they really knew what you were like, they don't like you? Well, I think for most of us, we can uh, at least to some degree, it's one of our deepest fears that people don't like us and they really know what we're all about. But you know what's wonderful about God is that He knows all about us and He loves us anyway. He loves us as a Father. You don't have to be perfect, you just have to be humble. That's what He asks for. He understands our decisions, childish. We fall, pities us, the Bible says. In that verse it says, You recognize that we're dusty. You know, occasionally the sunlight will come out to a window and just look away. I'll see all the little floating particles of air. I'm always amazed at how much dust there is floating in the air. I've seen most of the The same thing is true this morning. In the light of God, holy, really shines on our lives. We see just how that And aren't we grateful for the fact that we have a merciful God who is a loving God and says, I love you no matter how much that Three ways. He understands our weakness. Number two, he denies us nothing that is sinful. Hallelujah. That intricate and amazing gospel of Luke. That's very precise gospel. In chapter 11, verse 11, he said, If the son would ask for bread, Ask a fish, would he give a fish for a serpent? Ask an egg, would he give a scorpion? He doesn't need it without a distance. How much more shall your heavenly father give a fish? Jesus here is explaining to us the heart of a heavenly father when we pray. He said, Look, see the picture. He is a loving father who wants to give us what he asks for. When he's talking there about the Holy Spirit, he's really including all the good things of it. Now, a father giving his son a box. I must admit, there have been a few times I toast to the kids where it ended up being like about a hundred But even the worst of fathers gives good gifts to little children. When the children were little, for some reason, I was the DS. I was the designated teacher. I would often have one of the nice children next to me on my left. 
I got to be a feeding them, especially sneaking in the vegetables right after I gave a little bit of fruit. I but I always knew when one of the non-talkers wanted to put it because he or she would look at me, open their mouth. That was their signal. They couldn't communicate real well. That was their signal. I want some food. Just like it. I, I, there was never one time where I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I will always feed them. That's the way a father does. And that's the way our Heavenly Father does. If you'll open your mouth, our designated feeder will be happy. Yeah, too. He's wonderful. He denies nothing that's good for us. Number three, he forgives the repenting heart. You'll turn back towards home. My God will turn towards you. If you repent of Verse 15, chapter 15, verse 20. He arose. Speaking of the prodigal father, he came, and when he was yet a great way off, the father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on the We need to know when Jesus said those words, there was a shock. A Jewish man running? A Jewish father running to me? No. They knew that was totally unacceptable. was considered undignified to run, let alone a older, let alone a father running towards his son. But Jesus was going to tell you, don't you get it? Our God is willing to say, I don't care about the so-called morals of everything. I want to make sure that your heart is repentant, and if it is, I'm there. I'll meet you more than if you're here this morning and you feel like you've blown it, you'll be willing to repent. God will be supported. He's our Father. He is our Heavenly Father. I tasted in verse number 9. It says, You're our Father, which are the Heavenly Heavenly Father, He sees our struggle. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 comes boldly to this world. He sees the struggle of people. We're go to him, even with our human limitations, he will be to be up there. It is a throne of grace to find perfect. He sees us further. It says, You are a God in heaven. As a result, he converses with our spirit. He converses with our spirit. He sees our struggle. He converses with our spirit. Spirit is a spiritual discipline. I'm glad that I don't always have to. With my mouth, God is here. God is a spirit. Our conversations with God are as much spiritual as they are with our mouth. God doesn't have to read my lips. Thank God He can read my heart. Psalm chapter 5, verse 1 Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. This is the God in heaven. He can read my heart. That's very clear. That's very wonderful. And beautiful. And so helpful with praying out loud is maybe not appropriate. Like when you get stopped by the police. Hoping for leniency is not good to be praying. God, kill this police and open you with prayer. No, you just say, Lord, help me out. He sees our struggles. He converses with our spirit. The priest supplies all our needs. Oh, God, grateful that God understands all of our needs. He's willing to. Be there for us. That's what it says, and that's wonderful. 
every good gift, every perfect gift, comes down from God. Most every gift that we need comes from the Father. He is the Father of the Lord. With whom there is no very One paraphrase takes that little phrase there. Every good gift above that the Father's life. Listen to this paraphrase. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts and rivers are rivers of life cascading down from the Father of life. Just a cascading of gifts. Beautiful light gifts of the Lord. Each year in January, visit. The light on Horsetail Hall in the turned fiery red as the sun set. You perhaps have seen the picture of the gift of God. The next time you see that picture, or perhaps you've been there yourself, it is a picture of an amazing light where the sunset has lightened the water itself. Next time you see that, or you're told about that, remember that phrase: "The gifts of God are rivers of life." Cascading, seeing God as Father. Look about and rise close to We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.